So if I was to start out tonight and ask, is Adeline in here? All right, this is for you because you asked me to do it. Why were the teacher's eyes crossed on the first day of school? He couldn't control his pupils. All right. But if I went around the room tonight on a serious note and I asked, what's your favorite song? What, oh, let me be more specific. What's your favorite hymn that we sing every Sunday night? Miss Lisa might say something. My mom might say something. Jared might say something. Adam Mitchell might say something. There's a good chance. No. <laughs> There's a good chance they'd all be different. My favorite song, or song that we sing is Psalms 51. And so when Pastor texted me Friday night, I've been wanting to do a study and dig into this psalm and see why David said in the song that we sing, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Who can tell me tonight why David wrote this psalm? Does anyone know why this psalm was wrote? Mary? It was, after it was right after Nathan had went up to him and he said, you are the man. And it wasn't a good, hey, nice shot, you're the man. It wasn't a nice, hey, that was a good game, you're the man. It was, you're the one that messed up. You want answers, you got to look within yourself. And so when I started studying this, I told Pastor this tonight. I said, I don't think I've ever fallen under as much conviction. And don't get me wrong, I'm not out. I have an affair on Brandy, I'm not saying that. But I never had such conviction studying for a message because I started to see the little sins. The sins that, ah, it doesn't matter if I do that in a brand new light. And I started saying to myself, wow, things got to change. So I just want to look at the psalm. There's 20 verses. We're not going to, I love how pastor digs into each verse and we're three months later, we're still in the same verse. We're not going to do that tonight. <laughs> we're going to briefly look at the verses and just going to make some side notes about them and just Hopefully, as God has used it for me, as I studied this out, God will use it for you guys. My prayer is that we'd all, everyone in this church would be in one accord, that we'd all walk straight for God, that we'd all be out in the community passing out our flyers. But I want to talk tonight a little bit, I guess, about what keeps us from doing it, and then encourage us to press on. Keep on doing what we do. So, we'll start in verse 1. It says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. I told Brandy when I started studying this, I get a little secular for a second. I don't know if anybody in here remembers the house, the TV show, 
full house. But when I read that verse, I could see little Michelle Tanner saying, have mercy. And I was like, okay, got to focus, got to focus. But uh, I know most of you don't watch TV, so that's all right. But David says here, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. David doesn't say, Lord, forgive me, because I was the one where they were saying, Saul killed so many, but I killed more. He doesn't say, Lord, forgive me, because I was the one. When nobody would fight, I was the one that went and picked up a stone, put it in a sling, and knocked Goliath out. Remember who I am, God? I'm the king of Israel. Don't you remember this? It's okay that I did this. He says, according to lie, love, and kindness. He knew that forgiveness for what he'd done wasn't based on who he was, but it was based on how loving God is. And I'm so thankful for that. And then it says, according to thy multitude, or the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Aren't you glad that we have a loving God? that according to his mercies can blot out our sins. It doesn't give us a right to go out and sin. If you read the book of Romans and listen to the Apostle Paul, it doesn't give us a right to do that. But I'm so glad when I mess up that my God, through his loving kindness, can forgive those sins. And verse 2 says, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. I work at Woodstock, and when I used to work out in the warehouse, every so often we'd have to go out to the sawdust bin and rake down the sawdust so when we were working in the shop, more sawdust could fall until the guy that emptied it had time to come and empty it. You'd get out there on a hot day where you'd been pulling wood all day, your arms are all sweaty. You'd start raking. You'd start getting sawdust all over your arms all over your clothes. And when I read this, I thought about that. And I thought how David's seen his sin. And he said, Lord, it's all over me. And he looked, and he knew what he had done. He knew what he had done is wrong. I think we're living in a day right now that our sin doesn't bother us anymore. There's so much we do that it's a white lie. It's okay that I told it. It was partially the truth. There was some truth sprinkled into it. We don't see our sin like David's seen his sin. And don't get me wrong, I know by our standards, his sin with Bathsheba was a lot worse than what we do. But can I remind you, God doesn't see it that way. God sees a sin as a sin. And I would that our sins would break us like it did David. I wish that we would look down like I used to look down at the sawdust and see it all over me. And the first thing you want to do is go in and use the air gun and we'll blow it off you. I wish we'd see our sin like that, that it was crawling on us and we'd want to do something about it. But I think a lot of us ain't like that anymore. Verse three says, for I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. 
David said, Lord, I acknowledge what I did, and I know it was wrong. I know I sinned before you. Brandy can testify about this, but a lot of you in here know my testimony. You know where I was before I came to Liberty. For those that don't, I was hooked on drugs. Any sin you can imagine I was doing. And I'd like to say, once you get saved, all that re-erases from your memory. All of it goes away. But it doesn't. And that's all right, because David said, my sin is ever before me. Why is our sin always there? It's to remind us to not go back to that place. It's to remind us where we were before God took control of our lives. And I think that's what David said. Lord, I was somebody for you before I did this. I was that man that took the stone and defended us. I was, I was. And I think he put that sin before him and he said, I'm not going to dwell on it because it's not good to dwell on. But I want to remember it so I don't go back to that place. Verse 4 says, against thee, thee only have I sinned and had done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Who do we sin against? I was thinking about this, and I think sometimes we're out driving in traffic and that guy cuts us off on the interstate. And we think, well, that rascal, if he only knew what he was doing. And I told Brandy, I said, sometimes I wonder if that guy didn't cut us off because he had somewhere to be. Maybe he just found out that his mom had a heart attack or his dad. But I'm going to teach him because I'm going to yell at him and he's not even going to hear us. (laughs) But I'm going to teach him. But who are we sinning against? Thought about at work. If you work in a secular workplace, thought about all the times that a bad joke comes up. And before you know it, you realize what they're talking about, and you're like, but I gotta stay for the punchline. I gotta know what the punchline is. Why do you gotta know that? You're gonna retell the joke? But I thought, David, here he says, against thee, God, I think if we realized a lot of the time what we were doing and who we were doing it against. Because it ain't that man in the car. It ain't our coworkers that we're sinning against. Our coworkers want us to join in. But it's God that we're sinning against. And who are we supposed to be serving? And then he says, Done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. David said, I know I did it against you, God. You're right. Whatever judgment you have for me, whatever you're going to do, you're righteous in doing it. And I think sometimes if we had that attitude that, okay, if I listen to this bad joke, it's going to be in my mind. I ain't going to be able to get rid of it. That we probably won't stick around for it. We probably get out of there as quick as we could because we don't want to offend God. But then verse 5, he says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. David knew 
According to verse 5, there was no good in him. He knew he was born in sin. The Bible says, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. And David realized that. He said, I'm a sinner. Have you, have you came to that realization that I want to serve God, but I'm a sinner? But we were talking a little bit, of, or I overheard Tyler talking about justification earlier. I'm so glad that I, I'm just in God's eyes, and God's forgiven me. And I see, and God sees me as just because of the blood of Christ. And he doesn't necessarily see me as the sinner that I am. Verse 6 says, Behold, thou desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Only God can put good character into a person. Romans 7, 18 can turn there if you want, but it says, For I know that in me, that is my flesh, dwell no good things, for the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, but there is no truth in our inward parts outside of Christ. And in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. We can know wisdom, but it's only through God that we can know that wisdom. Verse 7 says, Purge me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Hyssop. Does anybody know what hyssop is? Has anybody studied that word? It's like a twig. But you know how important that twig is? Exodus 12.22, and this, this floored me when I read these two verses last night. Exodus 12.22 says, And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin, and none of you shall go out at the door of his house. Until the morning. That hyssop, the little twig, was used to dip in the blood, put it on the doorpost of the very first Passover. The beginning, if you will. Now if you turn to John 19, and you look at verse 28 through 30, it says, after this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled the sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It struck me that it was there at the very first Passover. And at the end, they used that same hyssop to, it, to put the sponge on to give it to our Lord. When our Lord was about to say, it is finished. And then you come back to verse 7 of Psalms 51. And David says, 
purge me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Some of the smallest words in our Bible, when you study them out, they might not mean nothing. If I just read Psalms 51 and said, okay, he wants to hiss up. But, but when you study it out and you realize how important hyssop is, that it was used at the past, first Passover and then at the death of Jesus, it kind of strikes me weird. They could have used a bunch of different branches. Could have used this branch for the Passover, this branch, but it was all hyssop. And verse 8 says, make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. The punishment of our sin will hurt. When you're judged by Jesus for what you've done, for your sin, it should hurt. It should hurt emotionally. It should hurt physically. But David said that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. David said, help me rejoice through the judgment. Help me rejoice through the consequences of my sin. Help me to find you and what I've done. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. You see, not only do good things work together for our good, but all things. The sin that we need to learn from is going to help us in the future to serve Christ better. Verse 9 says, hide, my faith, hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. David said here, Lord, you have every right to look at him, but hide thy face. I think David was a little embarrassed by his sin and didn't want God to look upon it. Are we, would we be happy if Jesus looked on us every step of our day? Everything that we did, would it be pleasing to God? Then you get to verse 10, and it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. One of the privileges that I have of working at Woodstock is we sell the wood and then a lot of times people are so proud of what they've done, they'll bring the wood back in and their finished product, and you get to see what they created. And some of these people that create pictures out of their wood, and that's amazing. And here David's saying, create in me a clean heart. David said, take my, take my heart, God, and make it, create it. Turn it into something that's clean before you and he says and renew a right spirit within me David wanted nothing more to be right with God and he goes on in verse 11 he says cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me David's saying don't cast me don't throw me away Lord don't, don't throw me away can I tell you tonight if you're involved in sin if there's hidden sin in your heart be like David, turn to God and say, Lord, don't cast me away. Don't throw me away. Use me again, Lord. I was once used. Use me, Father. And that should be our prayer. Verse 12 says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me 
with thy free spirit. And think of all these cars that people restore or when something's broken and you're able to restore it and get it working again. That's what David was saying. Restore me, Lord. Make me work again. Help me to do what I once did. But why did he want this? Was it for his own selfish pride that he can say, yeah, I was forgiven by God. I did that. God did this. I'm so great. Verse 13 says, Then will I teach transgressors thy word, thy ways, excuse me, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. David wanted God to create something new in him. David didn't want to be thrown away, and David wanted to be restored. Why? So that then he could be a soul winner that he needed to be. When we're living in our sin and our sin is dictating everything that we do, we're not going to be effective for God. But when we cry out to God and we say, God, create in me a clean heart. Don't throw me away because of my sin. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation. And why do we need it? So that we can be effective for the cause of Christ. We need forgiveness. We need to turn. We need to live a clean life so that we can be effective for God. Then he goes on to say in verse 14, Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God. Thou God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud. So he didn't want to be clean just to be a soul winner, be effective for God. He wanted to be clean so he could have a song in our heart or in his heart. We know if we're not living right because we don't have a song in our heart that's honoring God. You know, I was last Sunday at Junior Church, we were trying to remember songs, Christmas songs. You think I could remember a Christmas song? I was like, here, Nehemiah, come help me. You're that age. Abby, come help me. Cora, come help me. And we butchered every Christmas song there was knowing the person. But I don't think God cares about Christmas songs. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, if we're living right, God's going to put a song of praise in our heart. He doesn't care about the Christmas songs, but if you have a song of praise, if you can praise the Lord because you're living right. Verse 15 says, O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. So he wanted to witness. He wanted to have a song in his heart. But he wanted to be able to praise God as well. My question tonight, do you have something in your heart that you can praise God about? Are you living a clean enough life that God says, oh, hey. Or you can say, oh, hey, God did that for me. Oh, hey, God kept me. When I should have perished, God did this, God did that. When we don't live right, we don't have that praise. Then verse 16 says, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. Verse 17 says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O oh God, thou will not despise. 
David knew God doesn't care as much about sacrifice and what you're doing if you're not obeying him. God cares about obedience. God wants you to obey him. And David learned that. And when you turn back to Psalm, 1 Psalm 15, 22, it's a very familiar verse. It says, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Where is your obedience tonight? Are you obeying God? Or are you obeying the things that you hear on TV? Are you obeying President Biden? Or and all the new laws he's trying to put into place? Are you obeying the laws of this book? Now, I'm not trying to say be a rebel, go do, because I think God, and one way we honor God is by living by the laws of the land. But what's more important to you? Is your obedience in the Bible, or is it in this country? And David was saying, Lord, I want to obey you. I want to do what you want me to do, Father. And then verse 18 and 19. I might even get you guys out of here early. Merry Christmas. (laughs) Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and burnt offering, and whole burnt offerings. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. David knew when you were truly forgiven and you were obeying God, then you could do these things. Then you could offer a pure sacrifice. Then you could do that. You could offer burnt offerings, which is part of their law. But when you got something wrong with you, you're not going to want to be in church. You're not going to want to do what's expected of you, what God wants you to do. You're not going to want to be a soul winner. But when your fellowship is right with God, then everything will be right with God. You'll want to be in church. You want to be doing the sacrifices. You want to, which I know we don't burn lambs. We don't burn calves anymore. But there is ways that we sacrifice to God. Your time, your efforts. But David knew until he was forgiven of that sin that he wouldn't be effective in those things. If you know anything about David, we know that he got that forgiveness. And he went on to do more great things for God. I just want to encourage you tonight, I guess, by saying if you're living a right life that ain't right with God, if you're harboring something in your heart that doesn't obey Scripture, that doesn't abide by what God wants you to do, get it right so that you can have that pure fellowship with God. Let's pray.